top of the media list of Ireland's hottest young talent is the incredibly brilliant filmmaker Kate Dolan. We had the opportunity to chat with Kate just before Christmas about some very exciting projects she's been working on. Welcome, Kate. This is Kate Dolan Hello. chatting to us at the, the <laughs> FilmIreland.net podcast. And great. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, woo. <laughs> First up, tell me a little bit about your background in film. I know you graduated in 2012. Yeah, so I went to um, the National Film School in IDT, where everyone tends to go, or most people um, that you meet in the industry in Ireland. Um, yeah, so I went there straight out of school when I was 18 and then did yeah the four-year uh, film and TV production course, which was... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I kind of feel like I was maybe a bit young for it because I don't think I really like got a chance to make all the things I would have liked to make with uh, all the equipment and all the people and all that kind of stuff there. Um, but yeah, it was great. Learned loads and then um, met a lot of collaborators that I still work with often, like um, month to month. So it's, that's always good. So, um, well, first up, your film Cat Calls <laughs> is doing exceptionally well on the international scene. Um, and I was, we'll, we'll talk about that for a little while. But before we get into that, it's so strong visually and very kind of textured and... Um, nuanced and obviously this is these are all skills you picked up via your music video making maybe yeah actually I think um well one good thing about music videos is you can kind of uh they're short turnaround first of all so you kind of have to just shoot them edit them get them done and within the space of a few weeks or like even a couple of weeks so it's not like you're arduously working for months like you would on a short um but they're different than, you know, on commercials, it's a really tight turnaround. But with music videos, you have a lot of creative control. So, you know, if you have a band like um, Bitch Falcon, who I work with, like loads. Fantastic um, band. Everyone <laughs> go see them and buy their T-shirts yes, and stuff because they are amazing. <laughs> um, and yeah. they feature on your film. They do, yeah. Because yeah. Lizzie is one of my good friends. So, um, yeah, we, we just have the exact same taste and everything. And so when I come to them... Or if they come to me and they're like, we kind of want a video that's going to be like this. Or I go like, I have this weird idea. It's very collaborative and they're so open all the time to just, they're like, yeah, Kate, do this weird thing. We don't mind. It sounds great. And they really trust me, I think, to do, you know, deliver a music video that they'll really like. Um, and it's great because you kind of then get to try things out and test things like weird lighting combinations or, you know, shooting on di like lenses that you want to try or like working with actors you want to try out because it's just this kind of like short little burst of time where you get to do some tests and experiment and then see what you like which is great so yeah it definitely helps develop your style I think for sure and you've kind of a short time I suppose to tell that story as well like there what is it a song's generally around three-ish minutes or so and to fit everything in there and kind of get the band featured as well mm. it's yeah, I think it's like finding the perfect concept, I suppose, that fits the music. It's it's a weird thing, though, with music videos, because I think they, like, the music always dictates. You know, you can think that a concept's going to be great before you hear a song, but then you'll hear a song and you're like, no, that's not going to work for that at all. I need to do something that, like, respects the song and the music more. Um, so sometimes you just end up doing completely 
random stuff because you're like that's what I see when I hear the music um, so it's a bit of a weird one but yeah and um, Cat Calls as well it's uh, that is one of their short the Screen Ireland's short film schemes yeah so we were on Focus Shorts which is 10 minutes or less which is a bit longer than the other ones I think are called Short Stories which is 5 minutes or less um, yeah so we had a bit more space to play around and it's a bigger budget and um, yeah it was great fun and I think like obviously you talked about the style and stuff and a lot of well you know a lot of that really is down to Pierce McGrail because he shot it and like he was just an amazing person to work with and you know I came in with all these ideas of what I wanted to do which were kind of quite ambitious we I, I'm a big fan of the f- uh, photographer Gregory Cruzden and he does very elaborate scenes in photographs um, where they're like lighting them from like uh, huge exteriors that they're lighting and so I went to Pierce being like these are the kind of things I want to do with catcalls and he would he like was great because he didn't go no way we're going to achieve that on the budget he was like it's ambitious but I love Gregory Cruz and let's just see how we go and let's try and recreate something that we both like. So uh, yeah, he was brilliant in, in getting the style on screen for sure. And how long was the process of writing it, then shooting it, then th- finally getting it to the post-production stage? Yeah, I think so. I wrote the script a good few months before the deadline or I was kind of working on, I had this idea of like, a predator a predator woman who gets revenge on like uh, like men who've wronged her and then um i was just walking home one night with my friend and we got masturbated at from a guy who asked us for directions <laughs> um and then he drove away but we like saw his license plate and i wrote it down and then um the police went to his house and then the police told us that when they got there, he was crying and his wife was in the hall. And I found that to be just so interesting that like you could kind of live a parallel life and then just the juxtaposition of being so intimidating, but then being so vulnerable and like terrified as well of like a character. So um, yeah, so I was kind of getting to an idea and then that event happened and I was like, this is what it needs to be. So then I wrote this like weird monster movie and um, yeah, then it just the deadline was coming up. It was lucky and then it was actually mad because like the day of the deadline of getting the application in, um, we actually like put it in 10 minutes late and I was like, oh, because I was on three projects that were getting submitted that day and I was like, oh, that's the one that they're definitely not going to pick and then that's the one that we got asked for an interview for a few months later so we had we submitted it like earlier in the year and then we had our interview in November and then we heard like a week later that we got the money and we shot in April I think I'm gonna say and then we delivered final cut I think in the end of July maybe or August so um, you touched on a couple of things there and we were saying you weren't expecting it to go through but actually it's very 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 timely um, definitely with Me Too and um, there's a lot of spotlight on male predatory behaviour and how people are less accepting of it. So how do you feel it's been received so far? Well, the funny thing, because people always said that to me after. So we premiered at no, like the Cork Film Festival in November 2017 and 
that was literally just the same month that all the first Me Too stuff came out. So the whole time that we were in production, post-production, pre-production, that wasn't really a thing. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't really, people were talking about it a bit, but like it definitely, like we just happened to have our premiere the month that like this whole thing happened. And then when we got into the US festivals, like Fantasia and Fantastic Fest and Scream Fest in LA and all those kind of ones, um, Americans really responded to it because I think it's so much more, like here, like it hasn't really affected us that much, that movement and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's permeated obviously, but there, over there, they were like, this is so in the zeitgeist, this short and we love it and like, obviously they're mad about genre over there so it's just been received really well by americans um because yeah just really lucky timing because i was i was gonna make it no matter what you know what i mean like the time like i feel like that those are issues that have affected me and my uh, female friends and the women i know forever so it's just like funny timing that we literally just like released at the right time it's just lucky <laughs> yeah and then it's so funny because there's certain people and you say oh this experience and they're like but that never happens and you're like actually i'd be hard-pressed to know one woman who hasn't had an experience inherently negative like that where you kind of do feel very intimidated and unsafe yeah it's kind of funny because a lot of men that i've talked to who've seen the film like i've had a lot of meetings with like people in the u.s and stuff and they'll always ask like how did you come up with the idea i'm like because it like happened to me and like uh, loads of things like that have happened to me all throughout my life and the men who hear that are always kind of like what like that's crazy and they're so shocked and when like the women i talked to are like oh yeah that's definitely happened to me or it's happened to somebody i know or you know yeah no and again i do, like and i think it's great a that the conversation is is happening at the moment but you just good films highlighting maybe things that people like your film and um, i know there was like a great film terminal and things like women's stories now there does seem to be a lot more of a focus because i just think for a long time and i mean the stats aren't great and um, with regards and um, male female parity with things that are coming forward and and um, there's definitely still like a substantial gender imbalance that is there but it does seem to sort of be shifting in terms of uh, especially directors female directors female writers and things and that just at the moment you now have this excellent scheme that you were successful in tell me a little bit about your pov project are you allowed is any nda yeah. sign no no i don't think so um yeah it's uh it's kind of mad like we had um a development workshop for it there the other day so basically yeah it's a scheme where um much like catalyst which happened before which had great films come out of it like drummer and the keeper kissing candace and without name um this is the new version of that scheme essentially but it's like they've changed how it works a little bit i think to ensure the projects are better supported and the scripts are um kind of developed within it as well because those films went in with full scripts where we at our application stage we just went in with a treatment and then a, like a lookbook and stuff like that so um six projects were chosen in march uh 2019 um 
three of those six are chosen to then go into production. So then the film board give you 400K per project, which is pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah, just currently trying to get the draft written to deliver in January. <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a stressful Christmas then. It's like having college projects again where you're like, why is everything due in January? Like, yeah, it'd be better yeah. if it was like December 20th. It's a good day for things to be due in, oh, so you're done for Christmas. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> but soon. yeah, you come on running. Yeah. But how are you um, finding the process? Have you kind of worked with script editors and things like that before? Not really, no. Um, yeah, I, I've. So they paired us with a script editor on this game, which is cool. The actual the script editor they paired me with is somebody who was my mentor on. Uh, this short film script station I did in 2014 at Berlin Alley Talents. So Brilliant. yeah, blast from the past. We got paired and we were like, oh cool, nice to see you again. Um, so she's great. That's Anna Seifert Speck is her name. She's just a great, she's UK based um, script editor. So I had a Skype meeting with her the other day and now we're meeting next week in person. She's flying over um, to go through, kind of to get the bones of the first draft done because with horror, like this is a horror project as well, so it's called You Are Not My Mother, and horror kind of, I suppose, as opposed to a drama, it has more clear beats maybe in terms of what happens when, so it's, I find them sometimes easier to make the structure work because you kind of know where you need to go next and it's just filling in the gaps then. Yeah. So right now we're just doing work on like getting the theme nailed down and like what we want to say and where the characters are going and then the other stuff will hopefully just fall into place <laughs> and do you have many feature scripts have you finished many before this yeah i've um i have another project in development with fastnet which is um called silent caller and that i just finished kind of a second draft of that with them um about a month ago so yeah i mean i'm kind of still new to the feature thing but will you are you on to direct that or are you going in just as a writer um hope yeah yeah essentially the hope is that I will direct <laughs> well, I guess we'll just see how it goes it's early days because like we're still kind of in early development and getting things um sorted out but yeah um the feature thing I guess you kind of yeah it's hard it's kind of I compared it to with shorts you kind of know you're delivering a little kind of punchline and that's it and you're done and you can or you develop like you're doing kind of a really great scene in a film like cat calls to me i feel like is that's like the teaser of a feature do you know what i mean yeah. and it's that's kind of makes sense in my head but i guess with features i find myself i'm just get so bogged down in detail that it's like you're doing a giant painting and then you're like focusing on this tiny bit and then you like sit back and look at the whole thing and you're like, oh no, no, no. Now yeah. that, that bit doesn't make sense because I've done this bit. And like, so that kind of, I'm still kind of learning just making sure you're getting that overarching whole thing working, um, which is kind of tricky sometimes. <laughs> That's what the script editor is there to help with. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's good to have that support as well because it, it's constant deadlines all the way through rather than I think if you're working by yourself, sometimes you can be like, or get, uh, like that get too stuck with one thing so it's it's really cool and it's great that you have a relationship with her as well so it, that seems like a nice thing how yeah. many of the pov are going to make it through in the end so it's six currently are in development now and then three yeah. get made based on the draft you deliver in march perfect yeah. 
Mm. Excellent. And have you kind of given thoughts to casting or anything like that? Are you getting loads of emails now going, this is my show real? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah, actually. Um, I don't know. Like the lead, So the lead in our film is like a 15-year-old girl. So the story is, um, it's basically about a young girl who's a bit of an oddball and outcast and her mother, she lives with her mother and her grandmother, but she still, yeah, she feels kind of isolated within the family even. Um, but then one day her mum goes missing and when she comes back a week later um, this daughter, the main character, she's convinced that her mother's been replaced by something else because she's like, that's not her. But then everyone's like, no, she's just suffering from depression. That's that's why she's acting strangely. And then it's like kind of unveiling the supernatural elements throughout. So then it's like, oh, sh- she isn't herself. And uh, that's where it goes but um I love it it's like a reversal on the Irish changeling where a person's yeah. child is being um replaced but it's the mother because there is something very close about the mum daughter bond as well what you so what was you your last film was very clear where your inspiration came from what about this so this one um it's yeah so my my own mum she like had um she suffered from depression different times of my life and I think it's it's at its core really the themes about kind of your fear of losing a parent and kind of the moment when you realize that they're not infallible and they're not um you know gonna be around forever and then you kind of see a different side of them you know when you reach a certain age in your teens and you kind of see them you know the cracks a little bit more that they're not you know this like super strong person who can do anything they're kind of you know just humans and that's scary um so yeah it's really about that and just uh yeah living with mental illness and like how people talk about it and that kind of stuff as well yeah interesting because again something that is very very timely so you you were very good at like pre doing all your development and things that are very zeitgeisty and then they just kind of break because at the moment especially in ireland like that's a huge discussion yeah, I think it's funny because we were chatting around it a little bit at the development workshop we did the other day and, you know, everybody was like, oh yeah, in my family, like, you know, there's big secrets kept about mental illness and that kind of stuff and people are afraid to talk about it and afraid to kind of address it and I found that really interesting. But I mean, like, there's a lot of, I feel like there's loads of horror movies that kind of touch on those topics in an interesting way Um yeah, horror has a way of always kind of like sneaking in the big scary themes that you don't want to see in a drama that you can kind of then watch and still be entertained and still be uh, excited by it. But you're kind of getting somebody described it as hiding the v- hiding the vitamins in the ice cream to me recently. Oh, that's a great. They were like, yeah, yeah, that's what you like to do. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what I love doing. <laughs> and what's your own influences then? What do you what like what are your kind of films that you love that you would like to get like that are a little your own stuff is a little nod to if that makes sense? Yeah, I don't know. Like I find it really hard when people ask me that because I think you know when you're in film school you kind of have to pretend that you like more art house movies maybe. <laughs> but I do like I don't know like there's just so much stuff I just watch so much stuff all the time and that you just like. But you're so right. And I think Ireland is terrible for um, just not doing genre stuff. Mm. And then we had a brilliant genre film like kind of Black 47, revenge horror thing. And it did really well in the box office. And it, it's kind of just like, it, again, it's just Ireland tends to do this thing where 
when we do do genre it's very popular like when we do a kind of out and out comedy like the guard and things like that like people do really like it but for some reason it doesn't hold the the sort of gravitas if that makes sense yeah well that was a big thing in film school they told me basically i want to do a kind of horror grad film and they were like no you're not going to get into the like prestigious festivals you're not going to like be able to do um you know get into galway and all that kind of stuff and i was like okay and at the time i think i was kind of young and i just that's what i wanted i thought that's what i wanted i was like oh yeah i want to like get into sundance someday and then i was like eventually realized i was like no if horror is your thing like that's what you love that's what you, you're good at and like nothing gives me more joy than like watching horror yeah so i i think like yeah that was something that i came up against a lot and like i think when you realistically try to count even on my hands really good irish horror yeah like it's hard to like because they're just not funded as well and they're you know seen as kind of trashy or whatever but now there's all this like air quotes elevated horror which people are like oh it's prestigious and it's horror get out and i'm like get out is now and out horror comedy like there's yeah. like you know what i mean like people are so funny it's like oh i like this thing so i'm gonna pretend it's more fancy than it is and it's like it has, it has a social message yeah so yeah no definitely and i i think as well like horror is one of those things where if there's a market for it like people love it and you can have a niche horror film and they will go to festivals yeah it's funny because i went to um like i'm always been a horror nut like i literally watch every horror movie that i can find on netflix everything me and my friends like and i think when i went to fantastic fest it was like oh this is where i'm meant to be yeah. i just love this because you i just watched like 20 movies that week because they play movies constantly all day long in one theater and i just like had the time of my life and i was like yeah i feel like when you go to because i've gone to like berlin Alley, i've gone to like lff and like more prestigious festivals and you know sometimes when you talk to people there you feel like there's a hierarchy of like i'm more you know established than you and like it's kind of this snobbery sometimes of yeah. like this film's like amazing this film's not and blah blah but like when you go to somewhere like fantastic fest everyone's just like i love that movie and like everyone's just like geeking out about horror movies and it doesn't matter who you are like on a scale of like you know somebody working in james wan's company in la or somebody who like came from you know helsinki to like with their short everyone's just like i love that movie why did we love it and we're just like having a great chat about it and you're just like this is great you know yeah it's just like fun and enjoyable <laughs> but you definitely and really i think it's nice to celebrate things that are just enjoyable yeah yeah just I, I mean, like, I'm glad I learned that now rather than later in life because now I'm like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm going to make a film that I'm enjoying making and it's fun and it's, like, audiences love it and then that's all that really matters to me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't really care if I win a prize at, like, something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a silly way to go about filmmaking, I think. Because <laughs> there, is, there is such a... But, I mean, there is, like, even just your... Um, cat calls like I like it's something just very very satisfying about that film like it's just like it's and you can tell like it just kind of is, is angry it's annoyed at these these men behaving in this specific way and you capture them very well 
like there's lads at the end I'm not going to say any more or anything like that in case people do get to catch it but it's just very satisfying like and it's it's a very kind of and great performances by the the two female leads as well like they're in it for so little but they're really intense yeah yeah they're great like all the cast are great I loved working with them all and they're just like so you know um yeah I just love in an audition when you meet somebody and they're just no kind of airs or graces about them and they just like you, you know just sound you know and you just like get along straight away and then you can know you can ask them to do things or um you know do certain things and they'll they'll just be up for it and they just want to make a film that they think is good too <laughs> so yeah they were all fab i love all the guys and cat girls for sure Brilliant. yeah um so for your next feature have you thought about like is there anything that you learned from your shooting of catcalls that you're going to use in this um yeah i think like luckily i think catcalls was a great experience to have because it actually injected me with a lot more confidence i think going into catcalls because i'd never worked on like i'd done a few ads that were bigger budget but this was kind of my first creative project that had a big budget from the film board and I was so nervous the first day like there was like 60 crew members there and I was kind of going this is way too many people I'm freaking out and you have a moment where you're like I'll just drive away um <laughs> but uh I think it just really taught me that if you're working with good people for example like Pierce I was like yeah. initially a bit kind of like he's amazing I'm scared of him a little bit but he was just so nice and so helpful and accommodating and he would just be like very quietly would be like Kate I think if we get the shot from here it might cut in better with this one that you've just like we're just we've just done and like very quietly not undermining not like kind of being rude never feeling like making me feel like inadequate and that was so nice so I think just finding people to work with that support you in that way is so so important and just like getting to know somebody before you kind of make a plunge to like make a film with them because um yeah you just need kind of people on your team who really want to make the best thing and like treat you with respect as well because I think as a kind of young looking woman who's like five foot five it can be sometimes hard as well to like demand that attention from uh like your crew and that kind of thing so yeah I think it definitely filled me with confidence to be like, oh, I can do this. And I know that I can do this. And so, um, yeah, just carry that into the feature for sure. And how are you at the kind of networking salesy thing? So you, your producer that you worked with on Catcalls, is that the same as in POV? No. So um, POV will be with Fantastic Films. And so Deirdre Levens is producing so this she's done some shorts but this is going to be her first feature but she works kind of as an associate producer on like a lot of the feature projects that they do and fantastic but she works more behind the scenes kind of doing the admin stuff for it so this is going to be her first like big thing that she's doing herself which is really exciting um so she knows a lot about the genre world and sales because she's kind of been there with a lot of features that they've done already which is really good for me <laughs> yeah excellent 
Um, and yeah, so will you have to, have you kind of prepping yourself now for like going to distribution people and selling it then, or she's just going to look after all of that or, um, yeah, I think like actually off the back of cat calls, I've met a lot of people, do you know, yeah. because people really respond to the film. They really like it. So I've actually made a lot of kind of horror pals in like those kind of sales and distribution places and, um, other production companies that are just kind of eager to help me do the next thing that I'm doing. So um yeah i feel like that's i feel like it's gonna be okay because i feel like horror is always really sellable and um particularly this story people as well seem to be responding to it um which is good too yeah and is there any kind of stories at the moment that you're like oh i'd love to tell that as well but i'm kind of doing these now for the next while all my creative energy is gone do you ever yeah i don't know like um yeah there's like always so much stuff i have a few other one pager ideas that like i really want to kind of like get it in developing as well but obviously your brain can only go so far <laughs> at one time um but i recently so i recently got representation in america uh with a manager there in la so he's kind of been setting me up with lots of meetings and i've been asked this by lots of people all the time being like is there any kind of like short stories or graphic novels that you really love I've always loved uh, Ray Bradbury's Halloween Tree it's like a, a book that he it's kind of like a kid's book almost but it's about Halloween and it's got different traditions in Halloween they did an animated version of it in like the 90s I think which I was obsessed with as a kid and I watched it all the time um, but this is about a boy who is gets taken away because he's having appendicitis on Halloween night and his four friends have to kind of like get his soul back because it gets taken away in a pumpkin (laughs) and then uh, they kind of traveled through different time periods like ancient Egypt and um, uh, like you know Samhain in like pagan times and they like learn about Halloween it's like a lovely movie but I've always like loved that so that was but another thing actually when I was a teenager I always wanted to remake it because it was my favorite oh, book. No, but you were strong. Then you're like, oh, like, but you can do it. the next one. You Maybe can do yeah, that one. So in when like you get 20 this years. Feature, <laughs> get your big budget feature, but like low budget. You know, and you get your four million feature, and then they'll give you the kind of re remake where it's all women. <laughs> and it's like a female clown. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a bit of a sting when that was coming out. I was like, that was always my dream to remake it. But they did a great job. So, and I loved the one that they did. So, it's really good. But yeah, there's loads of Stephen King books that, because I was obsessed with Stephen King when I was a kid. And like, there's loads of stories there that were made kind of in the 90s as TV specials, but then. I feel like they're such rich content and yeah. Stephen King's having this whole like everyone's obsessed with Stephen King stuff yeah. now as well so I don't know we'll see I've started watching Haunting of Hill House lately <gasps> and I'm like obsessed with it oh, I have <laughs> that's amazing that's yeah. on my to watch list it's goes House of Cards and then that they're yeah. my two things that I'm gonna watch it's so good it's really enjoyable and there's one episode that you're just like I was reading about how Mike Flanagan did it on Twitter today and he's just like it's kind of all done in one shot a full episode which is like 53 minutes long and you're just like holy shit how did you do that it's amazing it's so good but um yeah and i think horror tv is having a such a um yeah renaissance i suppose in a way like chilling adventures of sabrina and like haunting of Hill house and like all these kind of things american horror story yeah, yeah i mean like that's been around a few years but they it's more popular now maybe a little bit so that kind of genre tv as well is something that i'd love to I also think it's so hard to sustain like I mean the thing about a horror film is it's perfect for the amount of scares that you get and then the cam and then the emotional involvement 
and then more scares. But then when a TV, like you really have to get creative. Yeah. So that's what you do. You have that as like your your feature film would be your calling card, and then you'll have your Netflix pitch. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a few in my back pocket for when I have to do them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like it, it is very hard to kind of sustain them, and it's interesting to see the creative ways because it's kind of something that if everyone watches it, it's hard to to keep doing it. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, cause horror, even to innovate in horror with scares and how to scare people is always really tricky. And um, you often end up just kind of referencing old horror movies from like the 40s or something to try and like create new scares that haven't been seen in like maybe so many years or whatever. Um, Yeah, it's hard, but it's fun as well. And actually, just going back to that, your monster was brilliant in in Cat Calls. Oh, thanks. How, (laughs) what what was that? So that was all special effects or all... Visual yeah, effects. we had um so we had our actress Cheska, the blonde hair, um she she's just such a cool person. I was basically like, uh, "Do you want to be a cat person?" She was like, "I've never wanted anything more than to be a cat person." So I was like, "Perfect," because she has two cats and I have two cats. So we're like always talking about cats, <laughs> but she was like, "Yes, let's do it," and I was like, "Cool." So we got her a bodysuit. We originally kind of wanted the bodysuit to be incorporating more cat features, but we just didn't have enough time and enough money to kind of pull that off. Um, So we got a great prosthetics guy called Vincent Lamb, who works on like Penny Dreadful and stuff like that. He'd made ears and he made a spine and he made one claw because we can only afford one. Um, And then uh, Jamie, Nancy Barron and um, Audrey Corrigan, she they kind of worked together so she's makeup and he's costume and they just kind of worked so she did makeup on face and body a little bit and then he kind of made a bodysuit and like textured it to have like hair on it and that kind of stuff so it was really practical which I think I love practical effects I think if you can see it in camera it's always a million times better than just you know doing a bunch of VFX stuff we added the tail and the eyes in post that was kind of it oh brilliant yeah because it got a sense of that because I felt like it was really real but then it was like I wasn't sure. And <laughs> so next up, when can people see Cackles? And um, you have a music video coming out as well, I believe. Yeah. So Cackles is currently, I'm talking to a couple of different people because our basically our time limit from the film board, they have kind of a say of when you can put stuff online if it's made through them. So I think that's up in November. Um, so there's a couple of places like online shorts channels and stuff that are looking for Cackles. So hopefully in like the new year it'll be online and accessible for all which will be fun um and then yeah i'm currently working on a music video for pillow queens which are another cool band of like four women who are really badass and fun and you should listen to them um yeah so a song of theirs called gay girls i'm doing a music video about four communion girls who uh, kind of run amok on their communion day and leave their homes and run away love it yeah it's good fun <laughs> so that should be coming out in the next like i don't know later after this podcast <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. but uh, but that's amazing thank you so much for um for chatting to us cool no and problem everyone, everyone keep an eye out for cat calls it's so satisfying you love it and um, and make sure to uh check hopefully in the link we'll have a link for pillow queens yeah yeah and listen to them on spotify and bitch falcon too yes. <laughs> awesome definitely to bitch yeah, falcon. Yeah. we'll actually the the film ireland editing team will be at that gig and we'll all see you there oh great yeah deadly brilliant thanks okay